Chill out, chill out. Now look, when you pull up, you're not only going to get the greetings, but you're also going to get a good size serving of the salutations. And do you know where you're going to get them from? Hmm? You're going to get them from the Hill Turn Podcast. And it is I, the one and only that can serve them up real nice, Devonly Crimes Jr. And I'm coming back around town with another NXT 2.0 review, and let's kick this thing off. We got Cameron Grimes taking on JD McDonough, and this was a really scrappy match. I'm going to say it like that, and that was in a good way. It wasn't bad, but everything was going good up until Joe Gacy popped up in the corner being the weirdo that he is on that NXT tower thingy because they still don't have a name for it. They just acknowledge that person's over there, and that's that, but... He didn't really affect this match at all, which I'm glad. He just stood there watching, which he could have did in the bag anywhere else. But he had to show, you know, had to get all that attention, I guess. But the story of this match was just J.D. McDonough just working on Cameron Grimes' left knee. And he did everything he could to it. Cameron's knee got wrapped up in the ropes. And that was pretty much wraps for it because he just went rocky on his knee. That was it. He was screaming and all that. And he was able to hit him with the devil inside for the win. But shh. call it that anymore because that's not his name anymore but it got the job done so that's that and somebody whose job was to show their true colors was Cora Jade and she came out to explain the horrible backstabbing she did to her friend or former friend I should say Roxanne Perez and before you know everything she said in this promo I mean it made sense from her perspective I'm not justifying the actions, but I understand the the like you know what drove you drove you what drove you to that point. So that's good. I you know you don't want to look at this and be like, man, that's why you turned man. That's stupid, man. Get out of here. But she ended this whole post heel turn promo by channeling her inner Medusa, Alondra, whichever I think it was Medusa when she did it. And she threw the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship in the trash. Garbage. Whatever else you want to call it, man. And look, 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 look. I I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a Women's Tag Team Championship. I mean, look at the main roster ones. Exactly. You can't because you haven't seen them on TV for a while. They had it somehow. They're going to have a tournament. They never had a tournament. It's just vacant, just holding them championships. And then you go to NXT and you see this. Now, how am I supposed to ever care about this championship and you just threw it in a garbage can? Oh, this don't mean nothing to me. Then what the heck you go in it for? You know, I mean, I get, you know, her intentions changed after, you know, whatever. But I, I ain't even going, you know, really going to the box about that. But although this hill turn is a good change for Corey J because it can help 
you know, adding further layers to her self. But the whole throwing the championship in the trash is all right. You know, she could have just, I don't know. I guess that was one way to get rid of it, I guess, with them as a team. But that's trash, literally. <laughs> but with another thing that's been trash, but I, it's trash. I'll, I'll put it that way. Diamond Mine. They are, I don't know what they're doing, man. They have the most matches inside of one stable. I'll put it like that. And I mean, match-wise, they're fine. But, I mean, just a stable that's just fighting each other, like, every week. It's just like, you might as well just leave already. Well, I mean, well, what's the point? What's the point of being a team if we're going to be too busy just going at each other? Literally. And we got Damon Kemp taking on Roger Strong. And a bit, you know, this this match, I mean, it was solid. And it's foundations of what it was. But it just didn't have no real spark to it. And then Tony D'Angelo came up on the screen. And he was with his family. And they was beating up the Creed brothers. I don't know why. But that's what they chose to do. And David Kemp was looking like he was about to go back there and check on him. While he's in a match. And then Roger Strong was like, man, I could care less. I'm in a match. So he hit David Kemp with a knee to the head. And that was all she wrote. And, I mean, in this situation, like, you in a match, like, you think you probably should wrap your match up and then go check on your friends? Like, I'm pretty sure they'll be okay. They seem capable. They already NXT Tag Team Champions, but, I mean, do that really matter sometimes around here? But, that was that. Because we ran right into the NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen defending their titles against Pretty Deadly. And this entire match was just, iffy i don't really i don't really know how to feel about it like it was especially the end because pretty deadly was trying to cheat by using the titles to win but like it just didn't work <laughs> it just didn't because prince he handed briggs the title tried to referee could be like oh what you doing with that title give me that one but then wilson he had a title and he he i don't know what was going on dude all I know is Fallon Henley was trying to have a tug of war with Wilson for the title. And then the referee had to go look at that. And then all of a sudden, Josh Briggs and Bruce, uh, Bruce Jensen was able to hit Wilson with a high and low. And that's how they got the win, man. And the struggle with me trying to just, just even describe that entire finish is literally why I'm like, man, I don't know how this worked. And now look. They could be a solid tag team as, you know, they want to be NXT UK Championship. That's fine. They can be a good team. But I just have to see it. And when I say see it, I mean, I want to see it before you put the championships on them. I mean, that's like going outside, you putting on your shoes, but you didn't put on no socks. That don't make no sense. And another thing that doesn't make sense is Joe Gacy, because, you know, just seeing him earlier wasn't enough. But he revealed who his Burgundy Hood friends are. And I told you. I predicted it. And I mean, we, I don't know why, you know, I don't think nobody really out there surprised that I called it because, I mean, that's just what I do. But I ain't going to talk about me too much. We find out that the Burgundy Hood friends are the Grizzled Young Veterans. And I mean, that's who they used to be because now they're called Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler. I'm not trying to say those names like that. It's just, that's just how they come off when you read them. But, um, yeah, they look creepy as hell. And they could have kept them hoods on, man, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, they don't look grizzled at all. I'll put it that way. So they out here looking real different. And Braun Breaker pulled up looking real dumb. 
I'm sorry, I gotta say it because he came asking, hey, where JD at? He looking for JD McDonald. And I'm like, this whole ordeal could have been solid. Like, okay, yeah, he put you through a table last time you saw him. I see why you're kind of upset. But the man had a whole mess earlier, like at the start of the show on live television. Like, you couldn't have been sitting there like, oh, shoot, there he is. I'll be waiting for him when he go back through the curtain. But no, like, I don't know what he was doing, washing his car. I don't know what he was doing. He coming where he at. I'm like, he probably in the back. Duh. You know, it's some stuff like that. It just, you'd be like, well, all right, this would have made sense if such uh, other instances didn't happen. But he came out and he kept, he was starting to call out uh, J.D. McDonough. But J.D. McDonough came up on the screen because this man had a whole match earlier. I wouldn't want him to come back out there. And he had this mannequin and he started drawing on it. And he was all like, hey, do you know that there's eight muscles in the shoulder? Huh? I can do this. I can tear ligaments. I can tear tendons. I can do that. I can make you cry. And, you know, it was all of that and a whole bunch of, you know, until next time, you know, I'll see you. And that was it. And I put as a side note, Ron Breaker, I feel like could really benefit from a TV 14 rating in the future. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. But something that's not for TV 14, I'm sorry to say, is the debut of Axiom. I think that's how you said it. I might have messed that up. When you read it on the page, it doesn't come out the way it said. At least to me. At least to me. But he was formerly known as A-Kid. I think A-Kid had like one or two matches on NXT 2.0 when he came from NXT UK. But I guess I told you, man, you come to NXT 2.0, I don't care who you are. They're like, you got to leave that at the door. I'm not playing. They said, don't come in here thinking you about to be you. What you come in here thinking you was going to be yourself for you must become someone else. Something else. If you're an Arrow fan, please let me know. So I don't just throw that reference out there for no reason. But we got to see the debut of Axiom as he went against Dante Chen. And I feel real bad for Dante Chen. And I'm going to get into that after this. This match, it was quick. But like it didn't have to be anyway because it was just a debut match. Like It's just you don't have to do too much because too much is too much. But he was able to land a drop kick to Dante Chen on his jaw. And that's what got him the pin for the win in his debut match. And like I said, I feel bad for Dante Chen because lately, man, he came back from an injury. He was all pumped up. There was even a story you could use like, oh, yeah, you tried to take me out. I think it was Zion Quinn it was. And uh, he lost to Zion Quinn on his match coming back. And that was it. Like that man's momentum went nowhere. And we had the same story happening to somebody else, but it went in an entirely different direction. But we'll expand on that more in the main event. But first, we taking a stop to the barbershop so we could check on Trick Williams and the NXT North American champion, Carmelo Hayes. And to put it plainly, hey, first, I'm really starting to like the song that plays when they start, you know, going to the shop. I got to find the name and I'll handle all that later. But um, they just went over the whole NXT North American Championship picture. You know, you got your solo Sokoa. I got next. I'm not making fun of him. That's just what he really says. Giovanni Vinci and Apollo Crews. And I guess that was it. All of those names were mentioned. And Trick just threw some jabs at Wesley because, you know, they're feuding as well. And that was that for the trip to the barbershop to catch up with the North American champion. I mean, it's that's the... That's the that's the stable for him. I mean, I'm I'm used to it now. But one thing we can be used to is that it is main event time. 
And we got a women's battle royal that was going to be to determine who will be the next number one contender for Mandy Rose's NXT Women's Championship. And everybody gave their claim as to why they was going to win. But it was one person that didn't. And that was a returning Zoe Starks, who we haven't seen since, I think, February. But I think last time we seen her like in in-ring action was November. I think it was November. I could be wrong. But, um... You know, it was solid. I just was not. I was even thinking she was going to be popping back up. You know, it was a good surprise. But it was a solid battle royal, all in all. It started with Core J. You know, just really diving into that heel turn she just had because she got chased all the way to the back by Ivy now for no reason, and they just continued on the match without her. Like it was like, all right, whatever, I guess. And my only gripe I have with this match is just when people eliminate somebody, it's like. They stand right there on the apron for like 30 seconds. Like, you know what? This is actually a really good time for me to talk my stuff real quick. You know? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm that. Ooh, you know, and I'm just like, you on the apron. You know, you literally just got tossed over the rope. You barely survived. And now you want to sit out here and do whatever on the apron. You could at least get back in the ring and then you can do whatever you want to do. But don't do it on the apron. I've seen at least three people get eliminated that way. And I'm like, you could have just went in the ring and then somebody maybe clotheslined you over. I could have been fine with that. And I wouldn't even have to get all upset about that. But digressing all that away, everything, it was pretty fine. But it came down to the final four, which were Kiana James, Tiffany Stratton, Nikita Lyons, and Zoe Starks. Kiana James, she got eliminated by Nikita. But shortly after that, Tiffany eliminated Nikita. And now there were two. Zoe Starks and Tiffany Stratton. And they gave a pretty impressive stint of like close eliminations. But ultimately, Zoe Starks was able to knock Tiffany off the apron to eliminate her. And then there were two again. Because, you know, the commentators are like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like literally sitting there like, you know, Corey J never got eliminated, right? So she comes out the crowd. And you, you think you, you think you know what's going to happen, right? At least I thought I did. But uh, she got tossed right over by Zoe Starks, you know, like, oh, yeah, whatever. And so now Zoe Starks is the winner of the Battle Royal, and she is the now the new number one contender for Mandy Rose's NXT Women's Championship. And it's interesting. Like I said, I didn't expect her to return, you know, in the Battle Royal and stuff the way it went, but it's fine. And I'm going to put it this way. My biggest takeaway from this, and I know it's probably obvious, like, oh, Devin, it's a better world. There's multiple people. But it's just a real good glimpse into how deep this NXT women's roster is. And look, I mean, if you can get, you know, start building layers into them individually or as the teams that they are, and you keep everybody involved, then we shouldn't have nothing to worry about, right? Right? I'm just, I'm just asking, right? Right? But... One thing I am going to be right about is that for tomorrow, be on the lookout. Get the binoculars, get the cameras, get the glasses, spectacles, whatever you would like to call them. And be looking for Izzy's review of AEW Dynamite. It's going to be coming to you. And look, 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 look. As fire as his review is going to be, I'm going to put all that out. Coming Thursday because he be talking a lot of that yik yak on the Twitter. We gonna put an end to that, ladies and gentlemen. So, 
that's been all from me, Devin Lee Crimes Jr., or as I should say, the chef, Devin Lee Crimes Jr., the visionary. I got so many nicknames, man. I remember when I first started, I was just Devin. Now look at me. I got so many names. I don't even know where to put them now. Quotations everywhere. But I'm going to leave you guys on that. That's been all from me. I will catch you guys the next time. I am on a hill turn episode. Peace out and be safe. Thank you for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify every Saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Heel Turn Podcast and on Twitter at underscore the Heel Turn. Want to join in on the conversation? Send in your thoughts, comments, and opinions to the Heel Turn Hotline at 219-230-HEEL to get your text read on the next episode.